This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 23, Haunted Highways. The Red-Headed Hitchhiker. On that night in 1992... The crystal clear spring night had been overtaken by dense fog, as Thomas and Sharon Milwright made their way south on Route 44. They were headed home after dinner with friends in the city. Thomas was normally a nervous man behind the wheel. The fog only served to intensify his anxiety. He lowered his speed to around 50 miles per hour, but when he nearly missed a sharp left curve, his heart started racing. He quickly glanced over at Sharon, who had fallen asleep in the passenger seat. She, on the other hand, was entirely unfazed, slumped against the door with her head cradled in the crook of her elbow. Pulling his eyes back to the road ahead as quickly as possible, he couldn't shake the thought that he had just seen more than his lovely wife enjoying a post-meal nap beside him. Still nervous of the reduced visibility, he convinced himself that he could only afford to glance over for a moment. When he finally did, what waited for him on the other side of the glass instantly shot adrenaline through his body more powerfully than he had ever thought possible. A man's face, clearly visible, separated only by a quarter inch of glass from his vulnerable companion. The face seemed to be covered in orange-red hair, a big mangy beard and a shock of bright red hair on top. The man pressed his face against the window just the way a toddler might to look silly. And it would have been silly, if not for the most maniacal grin and the otherworldly fire shining in his eyes. Thomas sat transfixed by this bewilderingly out-of-place image trying to understand how what he was seeing could be possible until his tires came in contact with the rumble strip on the side of the road. The sudden shake and the barking report of contact shook him back to reality. He slammed on his brakes and swerved toward the center line. Thrown forward and out of sleep, Sharon turned to him, shocked and confused. What the fuck, Tom? She yelled. I don't... I don't know. I saw... He trailed off and pointed toward the window behind her. The man's face was gone. He opened his door and stood up to look over the roof of the car. He was nowhere to be found. Puzzled by what exactly had happened in the last two minutes, he began to feel panicked. Had he sideswiped someone and not realized it? 
with some poor hitchhiker lying injured somewhere in the fog behind them. But that grin, that smile. He quickly convinced himself that it had just been his exhausted mind playing tricks on him. What's going on? He heard from inside the car. He leaned down to make eye contact with Sharon. Look, I'm kind of freaking out. Are you alright? I mean, are you awake? Can you drive from here? A familiar look of concern with a dash of annoyance crossed Sharon's face as she unlatched her seatbelt and slid over to the driver's side. Yeah, man, just get in. I just want to go home. He walked around the car, nervously surveying the fog-covered highway around him. As he climbed in, another thought occurred to him. Where was everyone? It was only 10.30 at night. This highway was usually pretty busy, but they hadn't seen another car for miles. No one had passed in the time that they had been parked in the middle of the road. He shook off the goosebumps and buckled his seatbelt. Sharon righted the vehicle and resumed their course toward home. When did it get so foggy? I wasn't asleep for that long, was I? I'm not sure. It just kind of happened. He mumbled as he stared out the side window. The image in the window seemed more and more like a mistake of his eyes as the minutes passed. But deep down, Thomas knew what he had seen and he never felt the same driving that highway at night again. Bandage Man On a cool autumn night in coastal Oregon, Will Stanton and Amy Matheson made their way down Highway 101. They had spent the evening at a nearby diner with friends and were looking forward to getting some alone time before Amy had to be home at 10. Recent construction work on the highway had sectioned off a bit of the road that ran between the forest edge and the coast, and Will knew about an overlook in the area with a view that was bound to impress his potential paramour. He slowed the truck down as they approached the construction barricades and veered left through the gravel and onto the old highway. Ooh, this is spooky back here, Amy shuddered playfully. Don't worry, babe, I'll protect you. Will winked and put one hand on her thigh, and they continued down the road. They came around a bend and he spotted the overlook, the perfect spot to park and be away from prying eyes. He pulled in and turned up the radio. Tonight You Belong to Me, by patience and prudence, filled the cab of the truck as the keen couple locked eyes. Will reached out and laced his fingers through hers. As he leaned in to kiss his sweetheart, An ungodly smell overtook any romantic feelings in the truck. Oh God, what is that? Amy asked, covering her face with her hands. Ugh, I don't know. Maybe someone hit something on the road, he offered. Amy started for the window handle. Don't roll down the window. It's probably worse out there, he barked. We'll go a little ways down. Maybe we can get away from it. As Will reached for the ignition, he felt the telltale sagging feeling that could only mean someone had stepped onto his back bumper. Before he could turn to assess the situation, the back end of the truck began pitching and shaking back and forth. The left side of Will's head met the window beside him with enough force to send cracks spider webbing out from the point of impact. 
Amy screamed and reached toward the dashboard in hopes of securing herself. Shaking off the haze of what was almost certainly a concussion, Will spun around in his seat to see what the hell was happening in the bed of his truck. The image that he beheld would haunt him on sleepless nights for years to come. Standing squat in the bed of his truck was what appeared to be a man, knees bent with a hand on either side of the truck bed, covered head to toe in bloody seeping bandages. The odorous offender rocked the truck left and right. When Will's eyes locked with his, a tortured scream ripped through its gaping, semi-toothed mouth, Freeing its hand from one side of the truck, it lunged forward and slammed its forearm and face against the rear glass. The confused and consternated couple nearly jumped out of their skin in response. Oh, oh, oh God, what the fuck is that? Amy stammered. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, Will was verbally stuck, but he refused to sit there and die. He threw the truck into reverse and slammed on the gas. The terrorizing tyrant continued pounding on the window as they sped down the back road. Go, 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 Amy repeated mindlessly. Panic-stricken, he began swerving the truck back and forth in an attempt to shake it loose. Around the next bend, the main highway came into view, and he punched the gas. Ignoring the construction barricades entirely, he hit the gravel, began sliding sideways, and smashed through them. The truck came to rest, sprawled across the center line of the highway, as the two panicked and breathless teenagers tried to collect themselves. Soon Will realized that the pounding had stopped. The truck was no longer shaking. A quick glance out the back window confirmed that the bandage man had either been shaken from the vehicle or vanished entirely. They were left with only the sound of their breath, the idling engine, And tonight you belong to me by patience and prudence, bumping away on the car radio. With the faint glow of the town lights just ahead of them, and the sweet salty smell of the ocean on the breeze, he shifted the truck back into gear, and they rode into town without a word. After that night, there was no question in his mind why they had sectioned off and built around that stretch of road. Hatman. Brian was a long-haul trucker back in the 1980s. He made weekly runs from Chicago to Seattle, and this week was no different. It was midsummer, and he drove with both windows rolled all the way down. It was a particularly hot summer that year, and even when cruising at 70 miles per hour, the air pouring through the cab felt thick and heavy. Despite the heat and the long road ahead, he felt great. He was in particularly high spirits because he had finally decided to pop the question to his girlfriend and future wife Stacy as soon as this run was complete. He drove through Madison and Minneapolis without issue. Just another day on the road. But about 45 minutes after crossing the North Dakota state line, he began to feel that old familiar call from the Sandman. Eyes heavy, he reached over to the glove compartment for his bottle of trucker's best friend. Before he even picked up the bottle, he remembered that it was empty. Damn it, he snorted to himself. A detour would mean no sleepover in Bismarck as he had planned, but no detour might mean he didn't make it there at all. He'd have to get off the highway and stop off in Tower City. He'd been there once before. His dad knew a fellow there who bred Great Danes. 
Brian had made a stop there on his way back to Chicago last winter to pick up one of the puppies for Stacy's 31st birthday. His mind drifted back to that day, how happy she had been, and the disappointing detour no longer troubled him. He took exit 307 and turned onto 132nd Avenue. It was just a short two miles into the nearest filling station. A mile up the road, he realized that he still couldn't see the lights of town. It was odd, but he thought maybe the station was closed. He wasn't sure, but he did know that it didn't feel right. What used to be drowsiness nagging at him was soon replaced by anxiety, when after two miles, then three, then four, there was still no sign of Tower City. Had he taken the wrong exit? He was certain he hadn't, but what else could explain this? After seven miles, he realized that he hadn't seen a crossroad since he got off the highway. No street signs or even mile markers. Nothing but flat open fields on either side of him, and the droning pavement ahead. Sixty or so yards out his passenger side window, he could make out a massive walnut tree in the middle of the field, silhouetted by bright moonlight. It held his attention for longer than it should have. When his eyes shifted back to the road, he saw what looked like a man standing in the center of it. These big rigs were not known for their ability to stop on a dime, but Brian damn well tried. He slammed on the pedal and attempted to swerve away from the creepy character in a way that wouldn't jackknife his truck and send the four tons of paper roll launching into the North Dakota countryside. The truck pitched right, then left, and with the tires screeching in his ears and the smell of burnt rubber filling his nostrils, it came to rest diagonally across what he thought was 132nd Avenue. Adrenaline coursed through him as he threw the gear shift into park, hit the air brake, and jumped out of the truck. As soon as his feet hit the asphalt, he felt just weird, off balance in a way. The man stood exactly where he had been. With each step that Brian took toward him, the adrenaline drained from his body more and more. He couldn't explain why, but he was afraid. There was something wrong about this whole situation. Whatever this thing was in the road, it was facing away from him. Maybe wearing a long coat. He could see his shoulders and his flat-brimmed hat. As he approached, he mustered up the courage to call out. What the hell are you doing in the middle of the road? It turned to face him, and Brian felt the blood drain from his face immediately. Its face, if you could call it a face, was bright white and smooth like it had been burnt. Its eyes were glowing a fiery red. He was staring at a living nightmare. He opened his mouth to scream, but only heard something like a whimper escape. The thing opened its mouth and began laughing, laughing loudly. As if the laugh wasn't horrifying enough, Brian could hear screaming or moaning, both behind it or in it. He turned to run back to his truck, and the man, the thing, whatever it was, made chase. The sound coming from him had changed. It sounded like crying, sobbing, underneath the horrifying cacophony. It wasn't until the thing latched its hand around the back of Brian's neck that he realized the sobbing was coming from himself. The sound was so loud he thought his eardrums would burst. The elevator doors of his consciousness began to close and he suddenly came to. He felt the hot asphalt against his forearms. In a daze, his vision began to clear and he could see several sets of headlights. He heard someone yell in the distance, quick, call an ambulance. With the horrifying scream still echoing in his head, 
He tried to speak, but his mouth would not move. He could feel himself sinking back into sleep, slowly, and then darkness. He awoke some time later to the muffled beep of the machines in his hospital room. His hearing would not return fully for nearly two weeks, and while he never explained why to anyone, he insisted on a new route, and he never drove through North Dakota again. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. All right, so this is a little bit different than uh, our normal normal single stories. I like that it's uh, kind of a collection of, of just short stories here. Yeah, I, I, I really wanted to like take the opportunity to discuss the phenomenon of, of having these experiences on the road in general. Right, which is far more creepier, especially that they've all taken place at night. Um, yep. You know, which, of course, this is not going to happen in, like, the middle of the day, I'm, I'm assuming at least. Right. But starting with uh, the red-headed hitchhiker is what you'd said first. Um, yeah. And so that one, uh, so we're looking at, what, early 90s. Um, this guy, a guy and his wife were just the two in the car, right? Yep. The only two. Okay. So they're out driving down route 44, a highway that they drive pretty regularly. Um, normally see many headlights, many cars passing. Don't see single person, um, outside of him glancing over at his wife and seeing this random face peering in, which I mean, super creepy first of all but yeah. like imagine looking over at your significant other just being you know just making sure they're okay and you see this fucking weird ass like creepy thing staring in like looking at you looking at you both yeah. basically and especially Inches being on her. her side right exactly yeah like my immediate instinct would be i would like be hitting the locks on the doors making sure they're fully locked regardless and like yeah you know trucking it at that point um i think he i think he was just kind of baffled by what he saw you know right of course like because don't forget he's going 50 miles an hour yeah and so like seeing a face outside the window that's odd yeah yeah and so um and you had said that you basically he was described as uh even seeing like fire shining in his eyes yeah and so yeah yeah he's he's typically described as having like glow literally glowing eyes like this is fully like otherworldly shit yeah i mean that's exactly what it sounds like and i just i can't i I just have this picture i guess in my head of this weird like creepy maniacal like smiling you know like thing just uh one of my another one of my fears you know, I, yeah. I have I have a few. Is someone staring like me looking out a window and looking seeing someone staring back at me? Yes. Like I, I think that's a super common one. Oh I yeah, it is for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I've had that like flash in my head so many times when oh, you're yeah. just like standing and standing in the living room looking out the window at night mm-hmm. and just imagining like a face fading in out of the darkness. Right. You know. Ugh. Yeah, I had a had a dream pretty recently. Where I had walked, uh, I had walked into my upstairs uh, spare bedroom, and I looked out 
looked out the window that uh, goes like looks out into my backyard and there was just yeah. somebody standing there like staring at me looking up at me Ugh. and it was it was one of the creepiest things and it, like honestly like i thought about it for days yeah and i've went and checked like that same window multiple <laughs> times since yeah. just to see like because I know, I know it was it was just like it was just a dream. It was all in my head, but still, like that thought is like it's terrifying. So, See, like, this is why we're best friends <laughs> because deep down you are just as neurotic as I am. Oh, it's it's terrible. <laughs> like when shit like that happens to me too, I'll for days I'll I'll be checking and I like mean, thinking about it. And I know I've yeah. I've mentioned it probably a couple times but i still have that thing where i checked it behind the shower curtain every time i go into the yeah, bathroom like it, it's a nervous habit i don't know why it's literally it's a nervous habit and i'm in my 30s like you know so this yeah. shouldn't be a thing anymore but it is um, i get weird i uh, my thing like that is the mirror mirrors freak me out oh yeah that's that's a another lot. one like I have this terrible fear that I'm going to be staring in the mirror and suddenly the mirror is not going to match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or like your face will like you'll turn, but the face will continue face to doesn't. look at you. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I, I have mean. that same thought or, uh, or be like, cause my, like my bathroom mirror and my upstairs like looks into my office. So when I have the door open and normally at night I keep, you know, I keep the door open, the lights off. So I'll uh-huh. be in the bathroom and I'll have the bathroom door open and I'll be washing my hands or something at the sink and I'll look in the mirror and I can look into my office out of the corner of it. So like right. every now and again, like I'll think that I see like a shadow or something move and I'm like, it, it, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's very un- unnerving for sure. But and, yeah. I mean, it's I've just had the tricks of light. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, probably. I've had the nightmare though, multiple times where I'm like standing in the mirror and I like raise my hand up to scratch my face or something or to move my hair or whatever. And, and the, my arm in the mirror doesn't go with me. Ugh. And before, like, as soon as I notice, as soon as I like begin to react to it, it like grabs me. Oh, fuck that, And man. I fucking wake up. Yeah. <laughs> that's awful. That's, yeah. That's how I've had that nightmare so many times. I mean, there's, like, so many, like, horror movies that literally, like, have, like, those scenes where, you know, like, they're looking in the mirror and, like, they go to turn, but this is, like, looking back at them and then, like, oh, yeah. very, almost, like, yeah, you can see, like, the darkness in the face and just... You know what ugh. the creepiest version of that is for me is the the version where the character doesn't notice. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because that, how many times have we looked away from the mirror and not noticed that it didn't turn with us? Right. That's what, that's what plays in my head. Like, yeah, that's so, what if that's actually happening and you don't even know? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's so creepy. So going back to this, this man in this window, yeah, because I've had the fucking goosebumps for like six minutes now, so we should probably go back. <laughs> so yeah, that was like that, that. That was very off-putting, and just immediately brought me to that place. Like, like I said, looking out, seeing you know, in that dream I had, looking out, seeing that man looking up at me. Like it's almost right. like Michael Myers ish. Like you know, like yeah, yeah. You see it like just looking out. You look out the window. And he's just staring at whatever. Regardless, but like yeah, that was like one of the first things that like pulled me in. Was that right there? 
which I think yeah. it's supposed to, obviously. But and then where you know, like they finally like stop, and he gets out and he's like looking around, doesn't see anything, and then his first in- instinct is to ask his wife to drive, and then he's gonna get over on that side, like. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's just. But I mean, I guess it's better him than her, right? You know. But who's to say <laughs> the man's not going to be on the driver's side at that point? Right. Like you See, know, it, it's. When I was writing it, I tried to keep in mind that, like, because basically what I did here was I read about literally about twenty-five personal first-hand accounts of yeah. people who encountered this phenomenon, right? Because this is a very popular, like, account from New England. Okay. Like... Specifically I, I on mean, this Route 44, too? Yes. Okay, Yeah, cool. Route 44. So, awesome. I mean, some people consider it, like, an urban legend. Maybe it's an urban legend. Right, Maybe of it's course. like... But, like, people have pretty legit but i read like 25 of them and then i just went for it and wrote you know a fictional account of encountering him yeah um so i was trying to keep in mind that most people are normal and not like us and (laughs) so like if they saw a thing like that they would assume that they were tired and just freaking out and saw you know it was a trick of the mind right before they would go like yeah instead of like if that happened to you or I, we would be like, demon. That was definitely a fucking demon. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't I would have even stopped. Oh, I, I, no I wouldn't have either. Way. No way. Yeah. Uh-uh. I wouldn't There's have stopped actually... until like I got to somewhere where there was lights. Exactly. Like, in the middle of a city. I, I don't give a fuck. But like somewhere where like I could see something around me. Yeah. So like... There's... There's actually a really creepy part of this legend also that what that I didn't include in the in the fictionalized version which is he's he's commonly heard laughing. Like okay. Like maniacal laughter which is accompanied by him. Even like which over is, the rumble of an engine and whatever else I mean Right. It's more common, like, with their windows open, or just, you can hear well, this, like... That's a thing with with several of these subjects, is, like, they're known to, like, they're known to, someone picks them up thinking they're a, a normal hitchhiker. Ah, okay. Right? And then, yeah. like, but, like, they'll get in, and then the guy drives for a while, and then you, he looks back, and no one's there. And then they hear the laughter. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's who Yeah, that yeah. which is pretty damn terrifying as well, yeah. Right. Which that just screams trickster to me. Oh yeah. Without a right? doubt. Yeah. They're just fucking with you at that point. But there's like I don't know. There's a thing because of course with like cryptid encounters and ghost activity, I I very commonly make the argument that maybe the experiencer is like catching a glimpse of another dimension. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, like, we've, we've kind of talked about that a little bit. Yeah. But like these, these don't feel like that to me. Like it feels intentional to me. Yeah. Like it does. 
it doesn't feel like they're just witnessing something that they shouldn't see. Yeah, I, I mean, especially with this. It seems very intentional. Like, yeah. you know, this being this whatever this thing is 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 always there. It's there to I mean, you know, maybe maybe this is a trickster as well. You know, there to like fuck with people and like scare them and, you know, then go away and never to be, you know, like be seen by them again. Move on to the next, like whatever. But it's also just the whole scenario. This nobody's on the highway. They don't see anybody like, you know, that like that whole thing, too, is this more so. Did he happen to doze off? Maybe like. You know, it's right. there's a little there's a little some questions that you know, could definitely come up for sure. Was he in like a dream state? Exactly. You know, like yeah. or was he having a micro dream where he was actually awake but he was actually seeing? You know, which is yeah. very common, extremely common. Especially, I mean, if you go long periods without sleep, um, you know, and literally keeping yourself awake, like I mean, it's common to dream but also be in the real world at the same time. Yeah. So. I mean, Definitely in, you know, when we get to talking about the third story, we like, yeah, definitely talk about the effects of, of sleep deprivation. Yeah. And that's, I was going to say that's, that's a pretty hard hitting one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, there, nothing can fuck with your mind and your perception, like lack of sleep. Oh yeah. You, it can literally like. I mean, make you do some crazy shit or yeah. see some crazy shit. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. very, very real thing that, uh, I mean, they make horror movies about it. So, like, yeah. you know, it's obviously bad. So, yeah. Of course. Um, but finishing off this one, um, you know, it awesome story. I dig it. It's creepy as fuck. Like I said, it brought me to that point, like, which is terrifying. So, yeah, you did it well. I think uh, I think that's Excellent. a, a success you. here. Yeah, yeah. The yeah the whole goal was to like to freak you out a little. All right, All right. Well, there you go. Achieved on that one. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. <laughs> All right, moving on to Bandage Man. Yeah, Bandage Man. So, um, all right. So, Oregon in the fifties. Uh, you have this. I'm assuming younger couple. Um, I don't think you had yep. said their ages, right? Uh, but yeah, so I sort young- of offhandedly like labeled them as teenagers. That's that's what I assumed. Like, yeah, maybe late teens, early twenties, whatever. Still younger, yeah. you know. And I mean, you know, obviously the kid he wants he wants you know a little he wants to get a little frisky. Yeah, trying uh, to get some action, know, a little bit of an action, right? Exactly, some roadside so. action. <laughs> he gets some, but not what he was wanting. Yeah, uh, the wrong kind. <laughs> so they leave the diner. They go out, you know, driving about. Like he's being cute. Like they're listening to the radio, whatever else. Thro- throws his hand on her thigh and stuff. You know, little, little, just kind of uh, you know, pre pre gaming to what what's to be expected, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then, you know, they end up going off on this. So I guess they're building this new highway. So like in, so I'm trying to, trying to get back. I'm, I'm trying to build a picture for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so is the highway, the one that they have this old overpass, they, the other highway is actually now usable, right? 
they just have the old like the, this old road barricaded, or is the other one still under construction? So now you right, mentioned so, there was construction site, but yeah. So this is like actually what happened in history was they had this big this chunk of Highway 101 uh, okay. in Oregon, okay, and it <clears throat> originally curved out and followed the coastline, right? So like you would have trees on one side and you'd have the coast on the right. other side. Mm-hmm. This one section, it's in actuality, it's about five miles of highway of the original highway that curved over toward the coastline. They instead, they rerouted it and made it straight. So okay. they, so they, there's this section of old highway one Oh one. And the new Highway 101 just goes straight and bypasses that that curve out right. toward the coast. But that right. was open at this time, right? Or yes. was it? Or were they still building it? No, That's so what I was curious about. The, the new highway was being built at the time, so they had to go through the gravel of of the new highway construction to get onto the old Highway 101. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that helps to kind of paint a picture a little bit more. So. Yeah, so they sure. go down. They go down this kind of uh, this off road, um, you know, no longer being used at the time. I'm assuming they're not supposed to be being used. Um, I, I think they always left it open, but okay. they just like it was more narrow, like the old highway was. They like modernized the highway and they left that they left that curve alone. That okay. chunk so of the it road was still basically still accessible it's not yeah. like they had to go completely out of their way to okay. right right it wasn't like an abandoned highway or anything perfect in fact in in oregon this is such like such a prevalent legend that like this section of highway 101 it's considered like a rite of passage when your kid gets their license to drive to drive to drive it at night okay yeah i mean <laughs> if you want to i guess <laughs> go for it all right, so needless to say, they go, they go down this old this old highway, um, and then get to the overlook, you know. And I think of, of course, this, you know, think of like Lovers Lane and like the whatever, like these right. old like cliche, like yep. out overlooks and stuff used to be, um, right? You know, which just this time instead of instead of picturing a valley, it's the ocean, which would be even better. Yeah, like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. How romantic so, is that shit? Exactly. So I paint this very cliche fifties romantic scene in my head, you know. Yep. And like they've got some music playing, which was that "Tonight You Belong to Me" song. They've got yep. that going. You know, the mood is set. Like he goes to kiss her, and then just smells like basically what I assume is the, like rotting flesh. Precisely. Um. You know. So, and which at first. Before you continued, I was like, is something happening to her? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and then, you know, then she smelled it too. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, I mean, at that point, you know, they decided, all right, let's, let's go like this smell, the, you know, there's an awful smell. He goes to take off, feels the weight, like the weight on the back of the truck. Yeah. Um, which that right there would. Yeah. I mean, like. You could think like 
maybe he maybe stuck in a rut or something like so it's kind of like pulling the back end down um you know but to look back and again see a man out the window the window (laughs) yep (laughs) standing there like rocking the truck and like you know like and especially the way yeah the way that um I mean, just the way that he was described being basically covered in bloody bandages and things like that. Like that's no ordinary, just creepy ass. Like dude, fucking with you. That's like, yeah, this is real. Yeah. This is like something, something real. And like, you know, like straight out of a horror movie at that point. Yeah. That's basically like a horrifying updated version of the mummy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, just wrapped in bandages head to toe. And so, this is another one, though, where I feel like he was fucking with them. You know, and again... Yeah, it seems that way, right? Like, it almost seems kind of like a a trend with these. You know, like, where they're just literally messing with the people. And But I know, like, uh, you know, obviously in this one, it it seemed like he was more adamant on terrifying them yes versus just kind of fucking with them so it felt significantly less playful exactly right um like it almost like it it almost at one point seemed like you know obviously there was reason for them to fear for their lives you know yeah absolutely but yeah you're right this one is it's way more like fear centric than than the redheaded redheaded hitchhiker stories right it almost the, seems like um almost like I'm you know not like a monster but like with essentially that those intentions right right monstrous intent exactly yeah um i don't it which gives me which leads me to one of the other main thoughts that I had about this, this idea, like, which is the idea of like, whatever these entities are, that maybe there's something that like feeds off of fear. Yeah. Right. I would say and this like, one, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But like, maybe that, maybe that explains why this, why these encounters are so prevalent on highways at night. Like, Imagine if you're like, if you're something that feeds off of fear, Mm -hmm. this would be like finding highways, people driving alone at night and then would be like, would be like your friend turning you on to a great hunting spot. Right. And I I mean, take, you know, take into consideration people are most likely going to be exhausted or tired. And so like you can use all that to your advantage, right? Yeah. But in addition to exhausted, tired, all that, you're also like, I don't know, roads are like liminal spaces, right? Like, you're just in a mind, when you're traveling, you're like in the mind of like, what's what's around the next curve, right? Yeah, like, true. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just in a, situ- in, you're in a situation that like, puts you in the mind to imagine the unexpected, yeah. And you're constant, you know, like, well, at least a good normal driver is going to be on the lookout, looking, you know, making sure, being mindful of their surroundings, everything else. So it's like, 
I mean, even the smallest little thing yeah. is going to throw you off, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think honestly, I, that would that would definitely explain a lot, especially, you know, and why why it's so common at night, why it's so common on, you know, highways and things like that. You know, especially if these things do feed off of fear, feed off of yeah. like, you know, fucking with people to the to the point of like, you know, maybe that's what keeps it. That's what keeps it going. That's what keeps it. You know, like yeah, it's just Alive. like that, right? Just it's Whatever just that like means. you know, within within those those other stories and like different cryptids and things like that. That you know, it's the 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 common practice of retelling the tales and things like that that keep it alive. Right. So you know, and then you have especially, um, you know, this this one, you like you had said, it's almost like a rite of pass a passage for your younger drivers to go out and drive it at night. So like yeah. that's you know can keep it going. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like I mean, these are these type of these types of accounts. These like and urban legends are so common, like nationwide. They're oh, yeah. they're everywhere. Like every small town has a dead man's curve, or yep. like like every or like every a crybaby bridge exactly. and things like yep. that. Like haunted roads, backbone, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like all those all those things that you know that area is notorious for. It's just yep. like a you know thing that everybody knows. And you know that like honestly that lines up with the creation of a lot of legend, which is and a lot of mythology, which is like to ward children away from dangerous things. Right. Like cultures would create like a boogeyman in the woods so that their kids wouldn't go get lost in the woods. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or like a monster in the river so that their kids wouldn't go fuck around in the river. Yeah. Or a monster in your bed so they don't get up in the middle of the night. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, like shit like that that is there to like, you know, yeah, just try and prevent you from doing something. But the appeal, you know, there's always that appeal yes. of like, well, you know, I want to know. Let's see like, it. Is this real or exactly? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's where it backfires. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, all these towns with dead man's curves and devil's backbone and all that, like how much of that is created to keep teenage drivers maybe just a little extra vigilant when they're in those dangerous areas. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely a good point. You know, that very well could be what a lot of this is essentially established as and what kind of creates these things. And then of course, like it's always the, the retelling. And so when it comes to like the more specific, like entity based, legends rather than just like this is a dangerous area which is mostly what we had around where we grew up right right? of course but when you talk about like bandage man and hat man and all this like i i feel like those have more i give more credence to those like this might actually be a thing because also i found an insane amount of accounts of like believable accounts yeah yeah but i mean also look at it like this though is you have everybody retelling this and Mm -hmm. making it more and more real so of course people are going to go out and then you're going to have the people that are going to go out like they're always going to go out at night 
Yeah. And then you may make you may go out later because that's what you know make makes it more powerful or something. So then that whole sleep deprivation, the you know, like you know, even if, even if you're slightly tired, and then you have just like just the open highway and things like that, like you know, I mean, it's it's always going to kind of play tricks, you know, play tricks on you. Yeah, definitely to an extent. Uh, to an extent, of course. Yeah, I mean, these spaces are like when you're out in the road like that, it's hypnotizing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like of course, especially if you're driving any long distance at all. You know, we're not even talking about like missing time, because Jesus, that's a whole can right. of worms on its own. Oh yeah, and like, yeah, that's, no doubt, that's a phenomenon that happens. Const- I mean, that happens to me almost every time I drive. One of one thing I absolutely hate when driving is I'll like I'll just be driving and all of a sudden I'll I'll think about and I'll be like wait where am I Ryan that's missing time like <laughs> I literally have no idea well like I mean I'll I'll know where I'm going yeah I'll literally know where I'm going and I know what the surroundings look like yep. but for some reason they look different yeah and then all of a sudden I'm like okay yeah there I am okay I I know where I'm at now like yeah yes. Yeah. Like that feeling when you suddenly realize that you've been driving for like 20 minutes on full autopilot. Yeah. Like, holy shit, what have I been doing for the last 20 minutes? Oh, I, yeah, I know. It's a very, it's a very real feeling for sure. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I, to me, that's synonymous with missing time. Yeah. Like, your mind is not yeah, there. Right. The time, I mean, the time passes like in a flash. You literally don't experience that time. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, it's that's a whole it's a it's a whole different thing, but you know, it's still. But that's yet another you know, phenomenon that takes place while driving, right? Yeah, you're right for sure. Yeah, there's so, there's so many. I was blown away, like when I first had this idea, because obviously we grew up with lots of legends around the around roads and. You hear all the all the stories, right? So right. just in, around our hometown, I mean, there's many around, just like even yeah. surrounding towns and country roads and stuff like that. That yeah, yep. Um, but when I and I had heard, you know, just from reading accounts of like cryptid sightings and stuff like that, it's a common motif for someone to have an experience while they're out on the road. So, like, I wanted to look into this, but I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And how actually, how often it actually happens. Yes. Like... Yeah, I'm not surprised, though, you know, because... Yeah, all the things we've been saying. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Without (laughs) you retracing everything we've said. Yeah. I'm really not surprised, you know? It, It just makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I, I do, you know, I agree, I agree you know, to an extent with these, I think it, 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 it lends a little bit more than say, just like, you know, these, like these areas and things that we try to like ward children from going to and stuff like yeah. that, you know, ones with like these cryptids and things like that, the do seem to add a little bit more, give a little bit more credence and things like that too, just for, I mean, the sheer, sheer fact, first of all, so many people have experienced the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but again, it's not, it's not to say that that's not just a, a, 
going back to me not believing in coincidences. Yes. Because I just don't. But not to say that it's just a thing where it's in that mind. You're in that mindset. You're expecting it. You're looking for it. Yeah. You know? So any trick of the, you know, trick of the light or trick of whatever else, you're going to you're going to immediately assume that that's what it right. is. Right. You're primed for a freak out basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I I also kind of look at it like that a little bit. Sure. And but I do think it's it's a bit different for sure. Yeah. I mean that's fair. But like I could literally make a four, I could make a 48 hour compilation of people calling in to coast to coast AM with a story that happened to them while they were driving. Uh, yeah. It's insane. It's, I mean, that's, that's when shit really happens. Cause again, you know, you're, you're on you're you you have a destination in most cases, unless you're just driving to just drive. Sure. Um, but most cases you have a destination, you have a, you know, you have a plan. And like you said, you're always looking for what's coming next. Right. Yeah. So, and it's, you yeah, just I mean, have like, you're in like the mind of adventure, right? Like you're like, you're traveling literally like traveling is a, it's a metaphor for life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't oh, know. without a doubt. I don't know. I just, I think of like, yeah, yeah. So the point I was, I was making earlier about just to like, to go back the, a lot of these accounts are the entities are experienced standing or walking down the center of the road. Okay. Which feels very intentional to me. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I I agree. Like it it's literally almost like they are hunting or just like lying in wait for for prey is what it feels I like. I mean I would assume they would be though. You know, and especially if they do actually feed off of fear, they're going to be waiting. They're going to be waiting for yeah. you know the next, you know, passerby that's that's, you know, ready to right, go. The next little snack. Exactly. Yeah. So like it, you know, just to kind of finish off this story, you know, they, they ran into this man, fucks with him for a while, like fucks with his truck, like, you know, and then stays in the back as they continue to take off. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Yeah. And then of course, after they get out into the normal road, he's gone. Yeah. And then after that, everything is hunky dory and. They're yeah. breathing in the ocean air as they go home. Yeah. Um, which I, I think a lot of experiences like that are probably going to be similar. Sure. And so, you know, with that said, yeah, I, it, you know, it just, it, it is very creepy, <laughs> but yeah, it's super, creepy. Um, I think. So like the, the legend behind bandage man is super cool. Actually. He has like a backstory. What is, what is this backstory? So supposedly bandage man was a logger who got severely injured while working. Right. They, mm-hmm. so he, they wrapped him all up, right? Like wrapped up his injuries and he was in an ambulance headed back to, or he was being taken back to a doctor. Right. Okay. And the and he got caught in a landslide. 
on the way to the doctor. That's a, that's a shitty chain of events. <laughs> right? <laughs> but altogether possible. Right? That's that's yeah, like a I, series I of... it is possible. Yeah, that's like a series of real life things that could happen to people. Right? That's like a, you know, like point whatever whatever out of like you know a million or something that's a real lemony snicket's moment yeah yeah (laughs) that's that sucks though so now he basically just haunts the highway yeah yeah and like the legend says that like because there are lots of creepy accounts of people driving like open top cars yeah and him just jumping the fuck right in their back seat oh no yeah yeah right in their back seat i could see like that could that could cause accidents for sure there have been accidents that was another funny little thing that i discovered while reading all these accounts funny yes like it's no it's funny how often people have like fender benders or like get in accident get in car accidents and blame it on paranormal experiences like it happens a lot i mean if you see something and you are like wholehearted you you wholeheartedly believe in what you saw yeah i mean you know i don't know if i if i could find myself blaming it on something just for the sheer fact that obviously like you're gonna get mocked or they're not gonna believe you sadly or think you're crazy yeah you know which yeah it is very sad but that's very it's the it's the truth yeah um you know but yeah i'm it is kind of funny but you know it's also <laughs> i like basically if you're the kind of person who is gutsy enough to like tell your insurance company <laughs> i crashed because bandage man I saw this guy in bloody yeah. bandages. I want to be friends he with those people. hopped in the back people. of my truck. I, like, I feel like me and those people are family already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's my kind of person. I don't think the insurance company is going to take too kindly to it, though. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be like, all right, policy canceled. <laughs> License revoked. <laughs> yep. All right. So lastly, we have Hatman. Yes. Um so yeah, just to recap. We yeah. have you know, we have this trucker, Brian, he's out um on his he does you said he he's weekly going sh- Chicago to Seattle back and forth yep. basically. Um middle of middle of the summer, hot night or hot day or whatever. Uh hot night at this yep. point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had recently, or I guess, uh, th- this was actually a quick question I had. So he had popped the question or he was about he to was pop about the to. question? He was about to. Okay, yep. cool. That's what, that's what I thought. That's how, that's how I interpreted it. But yeah. So, you know, he's, he's riding this high. He's excited. He's, he's all ready to go. Um, you know, realizes he doesn't have his, you know, trucker elixir. Yeah. It's trucker's best friend, <laughs> which is exactly. definitely speed. I would assume yeah, yeah. something like that. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, he's like, all right, stop off in the city. He's been there before. Picked up a dog recently. You know, well, I guess within the last year. Knows the area, yeah. at least. You know, familiar yep. with the area. Gets off the exit. He knows the exit. He knows the road that he's on. But it starts to look odd. 
as he gets miles into it. You know, he's not he's not seeing anything that he would expect to see. Yeah. All right. So, which that right there is a big red flag. Yeah. You know, and and this would be if it were me, and I got off on this exit that I know I know the exit I know I know the road. Like I think my first instinct would be maybe try and find a way to turn around. Yeah. You know, just to, just be like, okay, maybe, just maybe, out of you know some whatever, I just I misread the the you know the road or the exit, and it was supposed to be the next one or something. Yeah, you know, because he knows he knows what he should be seeing, and it even you know he even had that you know that reality is yeah, as he got further and further, and he said by like the seventh mile he was he was just completely off put because. Literally had seen nothing, no lights yeah. of town, nothing that he would expect to see. See, and that's the thing. And I thought of the turnaround because most people would do that, right? right? Most people would would pull a U turn, right? But which is why I put him in a big rig. And yeah, of course, it's he, gonna be a lot harder. To and do. he literally the during this stretch of wherever the fuck he was, there wasn't even a single intersection. Not a crossroad, nothing. That's he's, true, you did mention that. He's yeah. on a narrow, rural, North Dakota highway. Yeah. Yeah, I guess at that point, all you can really do is Go forward. keep going forward. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so he happens to look out and looks into this field. And it, as you had mentioned, there's fields on both sides, you know, which, yep. I mean... If you have fields on both sides, you at least know that the area is probably empty. Well, I mean, are they are they like farming fields? Are they just like fields of overgrown whatever? Like you know, it really depends. Well, this is North Dakota, so farming fields, but it's also in the okay. summer, so yeah. yeah, right. So I mean, but you can at least you have that peace of mind knowing that these fields are. You know, this area is, it has to be at least inhabited. Right, right. You know, so like, I mean, yeah, granted, you know, it doesn't look familiar, even though like he's very sure he was on the road. Right. But anyhow, glances out, he sees this big, this big tree out in the middle of this field. Yep. Um, you know, which is a little weird anyways. Yeah. Uh, but he seemed so fixated on the fact that he saw this tree. Yeah, it just grabbed his attention because it was the first thing that stood out in, you know, seven miles. Right. True. So it pulled his, his attention from the road just long enough for right. Hatman to show up. Exactly. So then at that point, cut to man in the road. Yep. And then he's scree his tires squealing, like his he's fishtailing all over the road, finally stops diagonally in the middle of the road, and Yep. First instinct is to get out. Yeah. After seeing this man in the middle of the road, like if it were me, I'm just going to say it's late at night. There's nothing around. You see this man creepy ass in a coat hat, like looking the opposite direction, standing in the middle of the road. Yeah. I, I think I would just keep going. Yeah, I think I would too. <laughs> but, you know, like, but we also, you know, aren't grown men in the eighties. Right. True. So, like rural, rural setting, a guy is out alone on the road, 
Like, I could see a truck driver stopping and, like, seeing what the hell's going on. Trying to help. Right, or, yeah, figuring out. Exactly. Okay. But, yeah, so he gets out, and then he yells to him, and that's when the guy turns around. And he sees the just white face that looks, you know, looked like he had been badly burned, and then sees, like, the glowing eyes and stuff. Um... Yeah, I you know at that point, um, you had said that he started laughing and he could hear kind of like the sounds of like moans and screams and the laughter. Yeah. So, what took what took this guy first of all so long to hop back into his truck? I mean, he, he waited long enough to allow this thing to chase him. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> why. Maybe is maybe is like entranced. I don't know, like something maybe. I think, but as soon as the as soon as the screaming, laughter, cacophonous, you know, terror right. started happening, he turned around and ran back for the truck. But he was a ways out from the truck, right? Okay. So like, yeah, that makes that makes. If sense. you think about all the distance it would take a truck to stop. Right, so he right. would have to get from he would have to cover that distance on foot to get to the guy from his truck, because the guy never moves. Right, yeah, he just stands yeah. is standing completely still. Yeah, which might be to and me the creepiest part that like this ex- giant. That's exactly what I was about to yeah, say. This giant yeah. truck swerves around you with screeching brakes and burning rubber and all that, and he's just stands stock still in the center of the road. That's a red flag, sir. <laughs> yeah. Like, how is that not <laughs> the reddest of flags? <laughs> At that point, that'd be like, okay, uh, I, I, I think I'd pro, I'd pop it in reverse. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's good with reversing. Yeah. Just reverse seven miles, fuck it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like no, but like I, it's oh man. Okay, so yeah. fans and fans of hat of the Hat Man because mm-hmm. the Hat Man is a let's say prevalent character. Okay, in the in the paranormal world, like right, typically seen as like a shadow person. Right. Okay. So it's like mm-hmm. in the same vein as like shadow people sightings. Um, yeah. And there have been a wide range of of descriptions of the, of encounters with Hatman. I've seen people talk about, I've seen like mediums talk about having positive interactions. I've I've mm. seen like but generally it's pretty negative. And I don't know if this actually qualifies as a Hatman encounter because Hatman is typically a shadow person literally shadow head to toe solid silhouette and he can see like a whiteness right. of his face exactly. and see his eyes and right exactly so yeah. i just know that this is creepy as shit yeah and uh yeah, yeah i mean that would be awful like but what what is worse is when he does finally go to take off to his truck this thing is bolting out yeah and then before he knows it, he's feeling like the piercing on the bat, like on his neck, you know, that he's like, basically like, yeah, you know, this thing is locked on yep. him. And then next thing he knows, he's on the ground. Yeah. So 
this is where we get where we are talking within i believe the first story about uh, you know sleep deprivation yeah. micro dreaming things like that right so this is what i think a lot of this has to do with especially in this case um at least in this particular story okay. You know, because, yeah, it catches up with him. You know, he's he's on the ground. He feels like the sting of his arm or elbow on the ground. And then, like, he's he's seeing, like, these just flashes of things that are happening. And then, next thing he knows, he's waking up in a hospital. Yeah. Personally, I think, you know, what could have happened is that... He fell asleep at the wheel or was micro dreaming as he was driving, not seeing anything, even though he is like literally driving down this highway that there are actually cars passing. Cause again, as he wakes up, you know, comes to, there are cars passing at that time. You know, this man is gone. Um, so I think like it's, it's, it's one of those like, you know, again, micro dreaming where he's driving and then he's, he's sleeping, but he's still like slightly coherent enough to be driving, uh, but enduring all these things. And then as he gets out, like, I think, I think with the oncoming traffic, I think, you know, he ends up seeing like this, this thing as he's micro dreaming, he's out in the middle of this road, this highway and probably about gets hit multiple times gets thrown to the ground yeah and and that's what he feels and as he's dreaming he's seeing it as this thing sure that's attacking him you know which because i mean getting getting into micro dreams as we've talked about like they're extremely real and can cause some crazy crazy things and i mean that's we could do an entire episode on micro dream yeah definitely just like in the experiences people have with them. Yeah. You know, so I think this is a very, I think this would be a very good possibility for that to be a thing. And who's to say that this hat man doesn't prey on, you know, people in that sl- state, sleep deprived people. Exactly. Sure. And then that's where he comes to life. Yeah. You know, where he's, where he's brought out. I mean, think of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. That's, I mean, that's, you know, in this dream state, that's what brings him to life. Yeah. And then even people that do micro dream because they don't want to go to sleep, like, you know, still see him as even in the real world. Yeah. So, you know, I think it could be something similar to that. No way. It's a demon. <laughs> it's a demon. <laughs> no, but like. He's possessed. Yeah. No, like, I. I don't know. These stories, these like North Dakota stories that I read, they're very strange. I mean, oh, I'm I definitely, sure. Yeah. I, I could definitely see like him falling asleep at the wheel, having a dream, crashing his truck, waking up in right. the middle of the road. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that would explain all of this, yeah. basically. Yeah, exactly. Even like the hearing loss. Right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you're like half in, half out of sleep, you start like the the sounds that you're hearing in in actual in reality are kind of like go through the filter of your dream state. And Yep. Oh, I I get that right, all the time. Same. Mm-hmm. 
So like imagine like the screech of the the wheels and maybe horns honking. It sound like screaming, screaming and, and laughing and right. moaning and yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, uh, without a doubt. And that's that's another that's another thing. I mean, literally could have just been he crashed his truck because he fell asleep. Yeah. And, you know, in his in that state, then he's it's like seeing these things, you know, because he's in and out of consciousness, basically. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that could be another explanation. Sure. Literally. I mean, I, I and, like the idea of this, like, crazy, half burnt, screaming, red eyed oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> demon out on the highway better. But I mean, I don't I think that's a road I would never drive. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay, so there's like sort of a through line here too with a lot of these stories, which is this right. this element that this like um almost like mystical um isolation. Right? This like un un like unexplainable isolation during these situations. Right. Right. Like we've mentioned it several times, but like just you feel that you're completely you're the only one there. You know, you're right. The first story, this last story, like and and it was an element over and over and over again as I read all these accounts. Like you I would expect a lot of cars to be around, but I have realized I hadn't seen a car in miles. Like that happened I read that over and over and over again. Which, to me, that actually does lean toward the idea of, like, slipping slipping into another dimension. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like... I agree. Because it didn't seem that way, because that's what's so confusing about these, is there are elements of it that pull me in different directions. Like, these entities seem intentional. They feel more like some, like, diabolical thing that feeds off of, like, anguish and pain and fear. They feel more like that than than ultra-terrestrial beings that are just being run into by people on accident. Right? Like... Yeah. They're... Because... Believe me, I will go ultra terrestrial all day. Like it's bit Oh, I know you will. It's basically my running theory for almost everything. But like this this doesn't feel like that to me for the most part, but there are elements like this this unexplainable isolation that feel like you literally just pass through a portal into another dimension. That yeah, that's exactly what it feels like, and I mean, especially if they are completely isolated, how else would you describe that? Yeah. You know, because unless somehow it gets into your head and can alter your perception, yeah, right, yeah, you know, I I, I suppose that's possible, yeah. but I I do like the idea of 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 the. Like that kind of rift, yeah, and slipping, you know, slipping in and out of slipping it into like a little pocket dimension where you can mm-hmm. be terrorized. <laughs> I don't want to go into that one, but yeah, yeah, I would like to slip into another dimension. Sure. 
I mean, I wouldn't mind slipping into, you know, like, slipping across the veil just to get, like, a peek at, like, the Grafton monster or some shit, right? That's, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, some, like, chunky refrigerator dude that looks like he's made out of clay. Those are fun, right? But, like, <laughs> these... <laughs> This shit is, it freaked me out when I was reading, like, because I, I know-lifed it, for sure. Like, Oh, I'm sure some of the stories can get pretty gnarly, yes. you know? And just, it just be, like, the recounts and things of them, I'm, I'm sure, yeah. There's a... Would be terrifying. These enough are, are terrifying to, like, you know, terrifying yeah. enough, but... I'm, I mean, know, imagine... hearing, like, first-hand accounts. Yeah, that, it's way scarier when, like, mm-hmm. man, like... The amount of high strangeness in some of them, just I was fascinated with, like this, I like this idea of being isolated for no, for no explainable reason. Like suddenly, you're That's completely a alone. Feeling I never want to endure. Yeah. yeah, and like, like the feeling in the in the final story that I wrote, the feeling that he was experiencing as he approached. The hat man, like, that's something pulled directly from an account. Like, as soon as his feet hit the concrete, he, like, he feels off and, like, almost, mm. almost dizzy, but it's not like a physical dizziness. It's like you feel displaced. Almost like you know that something, well, yeah, something's not right, but almost as if, like, you shouldn't yes. be there. Exactly. You know, so in that, which, you know, if you were to slip, you know, slip through a rift into another dimension, I'm sure you would have that feeling. I'm sure there would be something that would, you would, you know, that would immediately trigger that sort of feeling. Yeah. I mean, you know, who's to say, I, you know, I've, I've never been, I'd like to go, but (laughs) you know, but I, I would expect that to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. These, these stories messed with me like they're they get really weird which i mean which is nice it's nice to have just something kind of really really weird and off-putting after you know some of our previous ones that we've been doing sure um you know because especially i mean you know these are you know these are based off of first-hand accounts that people have actually had and continue continue to experience within these areas yeah um, yeah, which I, I super did. And it's so common. That's what I, that's what I love about it. Cause like a lot of the things that we cover on this show are, you know, if two people saw it, we're like, well, that's corroborated evidence right there. Right. Yep. That's like, real. Right. But these are things seen by thousands of people over decades. Like, yeah. Wow. It's a lot but yet people still go hunting these things Hell down yeah they do to get that experience yeah, they go looking for it <laughs> yeah i mean we did the same shit I mean, in high school right going to like try baby bridge and all that shit like just trying to get a taste like of weird slightly different but it's you know taste of weird a little bit of a a little bit of a fright and you know that was it I'm not looking to have somebody pop into my car and cause an accident. Like, Fair. 
you know, which I have always, I have always had that weird feeling, like, especially driving on like a country road late at night that you're going to pass, especially passing by like old cemeteries and stuff. It used to scare the shit out of me as a kid. Oh yeah. Like driving past them late at night because like, I, you know, just that feeling of like you're driving. And then what if you looked over or looked in your rearview mirror in your backseat and there's somebody there now? Yeah. <clears throat> Like, were yeah. you like, uh, so, hold your breath when you drive by so ghosts don't fly in, kid? No, never, <laughs> not, not hold my breath. I just, I, I refuse to look at the cemetery yeah. Interesting. at night. In the daytime, no problem at all. I refuse to look at it at night. I would focus on the road. That was okay. It. And then as soon as I passed and I knew I was passed, I looked yeah. around. Did you really look quick. back? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's funny. See, and that's a thing, you know? right? Because even people who, People who like adamantly, who are like adamant skeptics, they, this stuff is so prevalent that it, it gets through to them even like, yeah, I like, yeah. I mean, I know people who like, they're still uneasy in the, in areas. I (laughs) I would be too. Yeah. So like, you know, well, yeah, obviously. Like there's, like the the uh, the place where they the thirteen graves, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that cemetery is creepy as shit, even in daytime. Oh yeah, it is. It's super creepy, and like, you know, people are uncomfortable there. But I've heard stories of things at night that just. Literally, you there's no way to no way to like explain yeah. it. Yeah, it's odd. That I mean, and that's that's the point I'm trying to make is like these stories are so impactful. They're so like woven into our culture that they affect mm-hmm. people whether they claim to be believers or not. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty gnarly, and and there's so many of these types of things out there. So many, and like we had talked about at the beginning, so many different legends that are a part of every single culture and every area. Every town has you know has its own form of them in some way yep. or another. Um, you know that I mean, for for them to continue to thrive and and live, I mean, you know, it just we do that. I think that you know, that's our own doing, really. Yeah. Um, and you know, for this, for these, especially these ones, you know, for them to continue to thrive and and continue to frighten and you know, like cause fear or feed off of fear or whatever else. Again, we do this, right? You know, it is by our own doing and our own choice of of doing so, right? And we're we're now um, like edging into like tulpa territory, right? Like, how much of this right, is right? Literally, yeah, it exists true. because because it of the effect it has on culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like whether or not Bandage Man is actually traipsing about, you know, Highway One Hundred One or not, kids all over the area that are like say fifteen and they're getting their driver's license next month for the first time, they're they're always they're go thinking for it. about Bandage there, there's Man. There's gonna be that. Yeah, there's going to be that that feeling of excitement and like, 
you know I, yeah just just that drive to to experience right. something the entity has an impact on our reality mm-hmm. yeah yeah which makes it doubt, real for sure i agree yeah. and just just like anything you know that continues to make it real and continues to you know build it right yeah exactly and that concludes episode 23 Haunted Highways. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week. And it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you. So please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook. At campfire, T-O-T-S-A-U on Twitter. And you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird. And and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.